0: to the Prophecy Club. I've got Andre Bronkhorst on Zoom today. He's been in the ministry 20 years. Now get this, this guy has ministered in 40 nations around the world. He gives personal prophecies and has many school of the prophets. He calls them prophetic encounters. He has nine different prophetic schools with about 150 students in each. Each student is ranked whether they are A, B, or C. A is the strongest as they are all growing and learning. And he is also the fellow that was at our last couple of crusades that we had, the Sevenfold Miracle Crusades, giving personal prophecies. He gave Leslie and I a personal prophecy, which we both consider to be the most accurate prophecy that we have ever received. Very, very right on. So I've got him on, and we're going to interview him today and find out a little bit about him and personal prophecies. So Andre Bronkhorst from South Africa, welcome to the Prophecy Club.
1: Thank you so much, Stan. It's good to be with you. And uh, we did have a phenomenal time with you on uh, the crusade meetings that we've had. And I'm really looking forward to the future and what God is doing.
0: Tell us the story of how you began to hear the voice of God.
1: I had an encounter with God at the age of 16. Um, I grew up in the church and uh, I grew up in a family that did not serve God and uh, just to backtrack, and then um, my dad got saved when I was 14 years old, and then uh, we started to go to church, and my parents were very involved from that age, age of 14, Um, and I went to church, but I never really had a relationship with God, Um, I did a lot of religious works, I thought the more we work, and the more we do, the closer we get to God, and so my relationship with God was not based on relationship or love, but rather out of fear and works. And so I went to church. I did all the religious acts, exercises, but never had a relationship with them. And at the age of 16, I made a couple of bad choices, not just one. And my, lay, my life came to an end. I wanted to commit suicide that day and take my life. But in that moment, lowest place in my life, I heard the voice of God. And God spoke to me. Audibly that night, it really changed my life. I was addicted to the voice of God from the first moment that I've heard, and so God um, had to take me on a journey to build a relationship with Him. And uh, as now, a wait, child, wait, wait, you can't God. get away from
0: that comment that easy. What Sorry. did God say? What was the story?
1: I uh, um, Lord spoke to me at the age of sixteen, and what He said that night that really transformed my life. He said two things. The first thing He said, Andre, I believe in you. And then secondly, Andre, I'm proud of you. And those those two sentences really transformed my life. And it caused me to pursue God. And I said, Lord, at that moment, I'll do anything to hear your voice, anything to get closer to you. And uh, uh, God said to me, Andre, well, then you have to invite me into your life. And so that night I invited God into my life. And we started on a, pers- a personal journey where my focus was not to be a prophet or to prophesy, but rather to build my relationship with Him. And then out of that, everything started to develop. But I invited God into my life at the age of 16, and not just into my life, but into my daily routine. I went to the movies the next morning, age of 16. I said, God, I would like you I invite you in my life. And God said, Andre, well, for any two parties or relationship to grow, Both parties have to enjoy it. And so he said to me, why don't you invite me uh, into your life? And he asked me, what do you like to do? At the age of 16, I named a couple of things, but what I really enjoyed at that moment of my life was going to the movies. And just, uh, I liked the quiet and the stillness. And uh, I said, um, he said, well, invite me to go with you. And uh, I said, God, well, I invite you, please go with me the next day. Next morning, I went to the movies, arrived there. And uh, standing there, um, I looked at all the different movies that, sh- that show showing, and I had to uh, remember that God is with me. So I walked over, I bought a ticket, and I walked away, and God said to me, Andre, uh, I remember the brokenness that came over me. He said, Andre, uh, if uh, I am with you, why don't you? Why did you only buy one ticket? Why don't you buy two tickets? I said, God, isn't that a waste of money? And God taught me a financial principle. He said, Andre, don't you know whatever you had in the past, have now or have in the future comes from me? And he said, you can buy another ticket. I walked over, I bought another ticket. And it was very strange to me because I've never heard of anything like that. There's no books or material that I can read or listen. Um, But I knew that God was with me. I could sense his presence. I walked over and bought a Coke and popcorn like I normally do. And as I walked to the entrance, the Lord spoke to me again. He said, why do you only just buy for yourself? So I ran back and I bought double everything. And uh, I walked with all that, all of that stuff, two cokes, two popcorns, into the theater. And I really had a supernatural experience that day. We got, um, just did so many things in my life in in that hour. And I walked out there and my life was never the same again. And uh, what a what difference is when I walked out of the theater, I had an awareness that God is with me from that day on. And so often people ask me, um, should we go to the movies? What should we do? It's not about that. It is knowing that God is with you. And I do encourage people today to invite God into your daily routine, into what you're doing, walking, cycling, playing golf, whatever you do, inviting to be part of it so you can have that awareness that God is with you. In that. It changes everything. So that is... um how my relationship started with God.
0: Okay, let's fast um, forward now to yeah. how did he get you into giving personal prophecies?
1: My parents has a, a camp uh, site back in South Africa. They have a Christian campsite, and uh, on that Chris, Christian campsite for years, um, I served in that ministry, and uh, in that ministry, uh, it's very focused on evangelism. and They had me do a session um, on. Of my testimony and so for years i would share my testimony with people of how the encounter that i had with god and so god's voice was always part of my life and then seven years ago i've been in ministry for 20 years but seven years ago the lord spoke to me and he said to me andre i'm calling you to be a new testament prophet and um, exactly what he said to me and um, that's where I would say that giving personal prophecies, the, the authority and also the gifting really kicked in. Now there's many prophets today that's out there and uh, we all have different assignments and different goals that God is giving us. And I'm not saying that anyone else out, out there is missing it, but I know that God has called me for the local church and he has called me to be a new Testament prophet. So today we have a lot of all I would say new Testament prophets but that still function with Old Testament mindsets and so um that is how uh, prophecy personal prophecy has started and God said uh, to me that I'm going to send you to the local church and I'm sending you there as an instrument to help build my local church now we know that God built the church but he has given us gifts um to help us and uh, this is this is where personal prophecy started to come in and so I'm really focused on the gathering, the local church, and that is my assignment, um, to, uh, to go to the local church or gatherings and minister to people in that, sect, that setting to strengthen them so they can be more effective um, in, that, in that calling. So roughly
0: how many personal prophecies have you given?
1: I've been doing um, an average of 30 meetings a month for the last five years. And so if I say uh, meetings, I'm talking about ministering to leadership, um, church meetings, uh, prophetic schools, um, morning sessions, afternoon sessions, evening sessions. And so um, in these, these meetings, I always, um, I'm always i very focused on teaching the word and ministering prophetically with that, not just prophecy. Prophecy is the dessert <laughs> that, is, um, that is the gift function, but we need a foundation. I think with you uh, stand the same way. When you teach about Bible prophecy, um, you don't just uh, speak about um, Bible prophecies. You go to the Scripture, you prove that, and you build a foundation. And so many of these meetings that I'm doing is is not just prophecy; it's building a foundation and then prophesying from that foundation. But um, it has been thousands of personal prophecies. Okay, then let me ask you this: the last seven years.
0: Uh, when a person receives a personal prophecy and they hear these wonderful things, are all of those guaranteed to come to pass?
1: 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18 says, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. So no, those prophecies are, um, it's not guaranteed that they will come to pass. Um, We live by faith today. The word tells us the righteous will live by faith. And then I would say that there's two things that's really paramount to prophecies being fulfilled, whether it's personal prophecies or Bible prophecies. And those two things are faith and obedience. And so our faith is important, but also our obedience in the journey. I often say to people that obedience will change years into days. And uh, when we are obedient to God and to his word, it does accelerate things in our lives.
0: Is there a a thing that you would recommend a person do to help those prophecies come to pass? So they got the prophecy from you, they have a recording, what should they do?
1: Yes, definitely. So number one, write it out um, yes. or listen to it. And this is what he says in Timothy. He says, I'm giving you this command um, in keeping with the prophecy. Prophecies was made about you that by recalling them. That word recall means to bring in remembrance again. So to look at it, to read it, type it out. And I'm not saying daily, but whenever you have time, look at those prophecies. Um, I have a, a file of prophecies today that people have given me. And so I go look at those things. I read it again. And so this is what we can do is we can look at it, we can read it, we can recall it, and we can pray over those prophecies. Uh, One of the mistakes that people do make is when they get a prophetic word, they try to bring it to pass. They try to make it happen. And we should allow the word to carry us, um, not just carry the word, but allow the word to carry you and open and close those doors. So I feel it's it's 50-50. It's not just all on God or all on you. We're working together um, in that prophecy. So read it, pray about it, and then also um, spiritual counseling. And that's why it is so important for me, for people to be part of a of a local church, because the pastor, the shepherd, is also part of that prophecy. And he's there to help you, to walk you through that prophecy. The prophet might come and prophesy over you, but there's a shepherd. And the shepherd knows in that prophecy what is for now and what is for next year and what you should focus on. Because of the, I mean, all of us just want to...
0: One of the sorry. things that I have done with my prophecies throughout the years... I put them all on like an audio tape back in the audio tape days. And in the morning when I was in the shower, I would listen through those prophecies. In addition, I wrote them all out. And then from time to time, I go through and I read them. Why? Because I I can't make them to happen. But sometimes if I'm walking down the road of life and I come to a why in the road and I have a choice to go to this way or that way then I think about those prophecies. Well, which way is probably the way if we're trying to help those prophecies come to pass and I try to make right decisions, I, I pray that those things do come to pass. Some people believe that when they get a personal prophecy that they should ignore the prophecy until they get a second or a third prophecy or a second or third witness saying that prophecy is accurate.
1: I wouldn't say ignore it. We know that prophecy confirms but is already in our hearts. And so there's things that God is speaking to us about, and it confirms that. But here's the challenge. What if a person doesn't accept what God is speaking to them about? And so if, if you are in harmony with God, and you have surrendered to God, and He speaks to you, then you're ready to respond with that. But uh, I mean, where people... Um, The reason why we get second and third and fourth prophecies is because we're not responding. We're not taking it to heart. It's because God is saying something that we don't like. Because if we liked it, we would have done it already. And so I wouldn't say, throw it away. We have to become more obedient to what God is saying. And the word says that those that um, are children of God are led by the Spirit. And so uh, we need to be more responsive what He's saying and when He's speaking to us. Um, okay. So don't throw away that prophecy.
0: Okay, um, can but, some of uh, the prophecies we, be correctional in nature then?
1: Definitely. But God's way of correction is very different from our our way of correction. We are humans, and we, when we correct people, we break them apart. But when God corrects, uh, brings correct, correction and judgment, it's in a different way. I often say to people, that God has a way to hit you so hard, but it feels so good. He can he can speak you directly and correct you firmly, but yet the way that he does, he doesn't break your soul or rip your life apart. His way of correction is getting you back to where you need to be. And so, um, yes, he corrects us, definitely. He's a father, and the same way that I correct my, my children because I love them, God does that, but his way or his method, of correction is not destroying someone's identity. And this is where people uh, misunderstand, uh, I mean, that word, correction. A lot of people did not have uh, parents or a father that was involved in their lives, and so they think that that is correction, an absent father or a father that is abusive. And that is not God.
0: Okay, here comes a really tough question. You may take a second before you—you may want to think before you answer this one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So— As a prophet of God someone that is in the fivefold and has done all of the things that you've done does God still correct you um definitely okay that's the Be-
1: correct answer <laughs> correct uh, answer because because I mean we are we're not perfect we we are human beings and and we make mistakes and so um, I mean I don't uh, um base my life on what people are saying and this is very important when it comes to prophecy we don't live we don't live according to prophecies to that prophecy we live in relationship with god and so um that's where i mean that second second voice now i'm talking about personal prophecies now um there might be a prophecy that someone is giving you personally you don't base your life on that prophecy it is it is an invitation it is a guideline it reveals the future, but you still have to live your life. You have to make your daily decisions. And, um, and so, yes, I mean, as a prophet, um, definitely God is still, I mean, I'm growing. I'm, I say to people, uh, we celebrate 20 years of ministry this year. And I say to people, they ask me, how does it feel after 20 years of ministry? I say to them, it feels to me now like I know less than when I started 20 years ago. <laughs> and so, I mean, I think you've experienced that same thing. I mean, we continue learning, and I mean, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger as God opens up the Word and gives us revelation. And I mean, so we just prophesy in part. There's still so much that's out there, and our minds cannot comprehend it.
0: Amen. All right. Now, let me get a little bit more difficult. Some people think that it makes them a prophet if they correct other ministers. And they go around, and that's what they do, is hand out these negative Correctional quote prophecies. So, in your opinion, should someone correct a prophet in your position with the Lord, or should they just pray that God will show you?
1: And there's a couple of guidelines, biblical guidelines, that we follow. And I think today we have to discern because there's a lot of people that think that they are prophets, and so um, because they are critical, and so there's a difference in being critical and being bringing correction. And so when someone brings correction, they do it with the kingdom in mind. They bring correction because they have a heart for the kingdom and for God's church. And so they bring that correction because they they want to strengthen or get people to get back into it. It has to be effective for the kingdom, not to break the kingdom. And so I'm saying if correction is there to build and to encourage people to be more effective in the kingdom, then it changes the way we bring that correction. But when someone comes and and they just, they, they hurt or destroy a ministry or an individual because they want to bring correction, their heart has already has the wrong motive. And so if, if God is calling me to speak into your life and God is saying you need to bring correction to stand, I love you and I honor you as a man of God and the ministry that you have. And so I'm going to pray about it, that God would help me to bring the direction or correction in such a way that stand can be more effective in the kingdom. And so do you understand the heart and the motive how we do it? We want to advance the kingdom. We, we I want you to, to, to be more effective, not stop you or limit you or be obstacle to you. And so when someone has that in heart, when a true prophet, brings correction. He brings that correction with a heart for the kingdom of God. Well, my question is,
0: kingdom. if this is just a—I don't know how to say this without being offensive, but, I mean, it's difficult to try to explain different, <laughs> I should say, yep. levels or ranks within the kingdom yep. of God. But if the lower part of the ranking within the body of Christ— a typical congregation member, a typical Christian that has no call, no specific gifting or anything, but they see something probably in a flesh in a person and they just want to criticize them. And the reason I ask this because a lot of the comments that people put upon, not just our website, but all of the websites out there, people just go around that's all they do is throw knives and stab people in their back. So, if they're not part of the fivefold, they're not called in the ministry, should they bring correction to one in no. the fivefold?
1: Not at all. And so today, in my life, I do have people every now and then that would call me or send me a message and, uh, um, and sometimes correctional, but with the wrong motive. And so my first question is to that person. I say to them, you're welcome to give me that correction or judgment. But before you do it, who is your spiritual authority? What group, what church are you part of? And who is your pastor? Who are you submitted to? Because you want me to submit under the word that you're giving right now, but you are not submitted yourself. And so a man under authority is a man with authority. And so if that person cannot cannot, uh, I mean, uh, tell me who they're part of or what church they're part of, I don't take their words seriously because they have not been tested and have, have been proved themselves. And so that's um, where, it, where we're talking about someone that's out of rank or that's not part of that. I don't take their words seriously. and That's why we do encourage the prophets that we train out there to be part of a, a church or a team or have spiritual authority. You need someone that you yourself is accountable to. And so um, otherwise your words will not have have weight in that. And so, no, I will not receive, I mean, just a word from a random person out there that is not under authority. But when I know the church or the leader that they are part of, there's certain people, when they speak from from that that ministry, I'm going to pay attention because I know the authority that that ministry carries.
0: 1 Timothy 5.19 says, against an elder, receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. The reason yes. I say this is from time to time, people will send me emails. Like, for example, one of them said, well, the reason you didn't get more results at your solemn September assembly is because you didn't have everyone speak in tongues. Well, the Bible specifically says you're not to do that, but I didn't want to go into digging up all the scripture and explaining all of that to them. Uh, But I specifically organized the meeting saying that this is non-denominational, non-doctrinal. There's not going to be any denominations. We're gathering under one name, Jesus, to do one thing, pray for America. So if we had spoken tongues, that would be against what we had promised everyone to do in the meeting. Yet, not one, but two people criticized me for not having everybody speak in tongues. And... What would you say about that?
1: I would not pay attention to that. And the reason is because I know you. Now, if it was someone that I didn't know, I might have would have responded differently. But I know um, who you are. You are a pastor. You have a church. You are a shepherd. And so you've also been tested and proved. You're not in ministry for six months. You have spent a lifetime in ministry. And so there's a different weightiness to your life and to your ministry. And so, I mean, the spirit, I I see you as a heavyweight. And so I won't even pay attention to those comments or those people because, um, because of what they're speaking against. Now, you are the authority of that meeting. And so it's different when it comes within your leadership or within your authority, people that you associate with. But you are the authority of that meeting. And God has spoken to you, and he said, I want you to do this prayer meeting, and this is how I want you to do it. And so I believe that I don't have to correct you or bring judgment on you because you stand before God. You have to be accountable to God into what he has told you to do at that meeting. And I believe that you have done what God has asked you to do. And so uh, I I won't even recognize that voice or that comment. Because um, you have been the authority there. You have put the parameters there. You said, this is how we're going to do it. This is how long. And I remember the meeting. You were very specific in what God has told you to do. Right. Very specific. It right. wasn't just a random prayer meeting. You had specific things that the Spirit of the Lord led you in to do. And you did that. And so that's why I'm saying that I won't even pay attention to those voices or comments. Now, when your authority people that you associate with or connect with speaks to you and says, listen, I don't think we need, you should have done this or that again. The loudest and most important voice in your life is the voice of God. And if you can say, uh, "Stand," if you can say I've done, what God has asked me to do that is enough. One day we have to stand in front of God and we have to be, we have to give an account to him, not to people and their opinions and comments. We have to stand before God, and we have to give account to him.
0: Okay, let's go to your prophecy. Uh, this is one that was delivered recently for the years 2020 and 2021. Would yes. you like to read it and then go back through and explain it?
1: Um, you can read it. You can read it, and I'll touch on certain areas.
0: You want me to read all the way through it, or you want to interrupt um, with a comment?
1: Anything. If, if there's thing something in there, you, you don't have to read the entire prophecy. If there's something in there that you think is important or would like to announce, then we can go into that.
0: Okay, this comes to us from Andre Bronkhorst. He says, this turmoil, and I'm going to read it slow so we can get through it here. This turmoil throughout the world is nothing but a temper tantrum by principalities who move in the minds of those over whom they have control. The turmoil is a worldwide demonic response to the USA recognizing and aiding Israel in taking ground. Do not underestimate the impact of the war between Isaac and Ishmael upon this earth. This is a war between unseen entities who represented the spirit of the Antichrist and the spirit of the descendants of Abraham, both Jew and Christian. There will be a financial recession for a short season across the earth, then a time of prosperity for those who bless Israel. By the way, I agree with that. The USA will flourish financially, as it has never seen, and the church across the world will see a harvest of souls in 2021. I also agree with that which will outnumber the sum total of souls won for the past 20 years. And I love to hear that, too. There will be an exposing, which, by the way, and, of course, folks out there listening, you're saying, oh, yeah, well, that's what you've been saying. Well, not just me. It's a lot of prophets that have been saying this in so many words. So what we have is another voice confirming what we've already been told by the voices. There will be an exposing of false teachers and false prophets on an unprecedented level, most of them will repent, either publicly or privately, and you will see a shift from the pursuit of money and personal prosperity to a focus on teaching the words of Jesus. Those who have ears to hear must hear. In nations and states where the representatives of the people boldly speak against Israel, you must prepare for power outages, masses of poor, masses of spiritual refugees, masses of homeless families. Those in nations whose leaders support Israel must immediately turn their faces toward nations who do not. Those nations and states are ripe for harvest and will need resources and missionaries. For me to get this all in, I must go ahead and complete this in tomorrow's broadcast, so we'll continue there. I also just learned that Heaven's Harvest has more food in stock. That's right, freeze-dried, the coveted freeze-dried food in stock at HeavensHarvest.com. And if you put the promo code in STAN, it helps your Prophecy Club, and it also gets you a packet of heirloom seeds free. HeavensHarvest.com, promo code STAN. S-T-A-N HeavensHarvest.com Stand. Download our free app from the App Store. Click like, share, and subscribe.